Welcome to the Photography Q&A podcast. Hey, how's it going? I'm Andy Jones from 50millimeterframework.com and this is episode 53 of the Photography Q&A podcast. Now, if I sound a little bit nasally, it's because I've got allergies and it's not a good time of year for me. In this episode, I'm going to introduce you to a new photographer that shoots portraits and street photography. But first, the question of the week. Well, this week, it, there are 14 questions and they are under the heading of questions you should ask yourself before you take a photo. Okay, so number one, what am I trying to capture? Now, this can be as simple or as complicated as you like, but you need to consider it. Is the subject moving? Do you want to freeze the action or show some motion? If you're taking a landscape that includes a small farmhouse, you need to decide which part of the image your viewer's eye is going to be drawn to. Is it the farmhouse or the mountains in the distance? Figuring these things out is much better than getting home and wishing that you'd done something different, especially if you've had to travel to go do the images. Okay, so number two, how do I make the subject stand out? Now, there's many different ways you can make the subject stand out in a photo. You can use flash to light the subject, use a flash to light the background, use a shallow depth of field to blur the background. That'll make the subject pop. Uh, during editing, bring out the details in the subject and use vignetting to darken the outer edges of the frame. You could get your subjects to wear white shirts for a portrait session, which I see a lot of. Think about the color of the background. Use a dark background if the subject is light. If your subject is darker, stick them on a light background. You just need to make sure there's a contrast between the subject and the rest of the scene. Okay, number three, how should I frame it? Now, this could be included in the last question. The way you frame your image is going to make the subject stand out and draw the eye of the viewer to it. You can use the rule of thirds where the frame is divided into three horizontally and vertically. The idea is to place your subjects on the dividing lines and the junctions of the lines where they cross. Anyone who's looking at the image, you just draws the eye to that spot. Now there's nothing wrong with placing the subject in the center of the image. It works sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. So you've just got to experiment. A lot of landscape photographers like images to have a foreground, a middle, and a background. If there's a stream in a landscape image, you can frame it so it the stream ends in one of the lower corners and travels diagonally across the frame. This is so that it draws the eye into the image. As you look, you just follow the stream up and maybe into the hills or mountains. But think about doing things diagonally across your image if you're doing stuff like landscapes. Number four, how close to the subject should I be? If you're shooting portraits, try to fill the frame, but shooting too tight can limit the sizes of prints you can offer to your customers. That's if you're selling them, or even if you're printing them for yourselves, it's gonna limit it, because you might have shot it and it might be perfect for an eight by 10, but it won't work with a larger or the different shaped photo. You'll cut parts of the subject off. So it, it can be limiting, but just give yourself that little bit of buffer zone around the image, around your subject, sorry. So if you go back to the farmhouse example, if you fill the frame with just the farmhouse, 
you are not telling the whole story. Behind the farmhouse is a mountain range, and that is all cut out of the image. In this case, it's all about the story that you're telling, so think about that as well. If you are trying to document something, or you are doing landscape photography, even if you're doing a portrait session, think about the story that it tells. Now, I think that the difference between a beginner and an experienced photographer is how close they are to the subject. An experienced photographer fills the frame. So get closer to your subjects and fill the frame, but not so tight that if you're going to make a different size image, it's going to clip bits off. Just give yourself just that little bit of margin around the edge. Number five, are there any distractions? Always check for distractions, whether it's a tree branch that looks like it's sticking out of the subject's head or a parked car in the distance. Don't take the photo until the frame is clear of distractions. Change your angle, whatever you've got to do, or if it's just a car that's pulled up, just wait for it to drive away. But really, if you've got a road behind you, you don't want to be taking it anyway. Number six, am I missing something outside the frame? Meaning, if there's something that you outside of the frame of your image that might add to the image, you might want to add it to it. This is really important in shooting landscapes. If you can't fit everything into one frame, try shooting a panel, a panorama of multiple images, and you stitch them together in Lightroom or Photoshop or whichever software you're using. So give that a go. Try shooting a panel. It might only be two images. It could be three. It could be 20. I'd, as many as you need to get all the information in, give it a go. Number seven, how the scene is lit. Now, light is the most important part of photography because that is what we're controlling. Everything we do is controlling how the light enters the camera. You need to consider where the light is coming from and how it's lighting your subject. Do you need to take control by using a flash? If you're outdoors and the sun is shining straight in your subject's face, try a different angle and use fill flash to eliminate any shadows. You have to learn how to control light. Just photography is all about that. So when you're looking at a scene, just think where the light's coming from and what effect it's going to have and try and counteract if it's not what you want. Number eight, where should I take the photo from and at what angle? When you're getting ready to take a photo, move around the area and see if there's a better angle to shoot from. Think about all the colours in the background and definitely don't just stand upright and take a shot. Try getting lower or stand on higher ground to see what is possible. You could even take some stepladders, a small stepladder with you, just so you can get higher and just see. It's always useful to have. There's not always somewhere, there's not always a park bench you can stand on. Just give it a go and look at the background because when you're changing the angle of attack, you're changing the color of the background. Directly behind them, there could be green bushes. If you drop lower, there could be sky behind them. If you go higher, it could be green grass. You can change everything with a different angle of attack. Okay, number nine. Should I be taking this photo at a different time of day? Now, if you're not happy with your images, try a different time of day. Instead of noon, try sunset. The light and colors are always better. And if you're shooting professionally, this is a huge factor. Generally, noon, middle of the day is not the best time to be taking your images. Early morning and definitely later in the afternoon when the sun is at a different angle. Number 10, should I wait for a better weather conditions? 
Now, if you're shooting a wedding, you have no choice. A landscape photographer might want uh, storm clouds if they're looking for a nice sunrise. When they get there, it's storm clouds. They'll have to return again and again until they get the sunrise that they wanted. A few months ago, I shot a melting icicle on my front porch, but it was a really great overcast day. I love the image. It looked like a finger of ice and the drips just coming off it. But I really would have preferred to take the same image with a blue sky, change the angle and get a blue sky. So I put it on the back burner and then one Sunday morning I got up and the icicles uh, were there again and it was dripping and it was a blue sky and I got the image that I wanted. So try to make the most of the moment but make a point of getting the shot that you want. Don't give up on what you're trying to produce. The weather will change and you will get the opportunity. Number 11, is the composition straight? If you're shooting landscapes, make sure the horizon's straight, especially when you shoot in an ocean scape. Large bodies of water really don't slope. If they do, we'd all be flooded out on the left or the right, depending. They just don't slope. Make sure also that walls are straight. Some wide-angle lenses that we use cause distortions and make the angles flare a little, but this can be corrected. In Lightroom, there's just a button you click and it knows what lens you're using and it straightens everything accordingly. But just make sure that you can straighten everything up a little bit. Unless you're going for the really weird, you know, super wide-angle lens and you want everything distorted, of course. Number 12. Am I using the right settings? I do this constantly. I dial in my settings, I change my angle a little bit, and then I take the photo, and the settings were not right. Because I changed the angle, I should have changed my settings accordingly. Because as you change, the light's coming into the lens slightly differently, and it'll change. It might only be a third of a stop, but it changes it. So keep an eye on the light meter. Just before you push the button to take the photo, look at your light meter and just see that it's balanced. Oh, it's where you want it anyway. Number 13, do I need to use a tripod? Now, when you're shooting over a long distance, like landscapes, that kind of thing, or you're using a really slow shutter speed, consider using a tripod. Your images will be so much sharper, and that is what we're all trying to produce, nice, sharp images. So yes, think about it. If you slow shutter speed or it's a great big long distance, get a tripod, and don't get a flimsy one, get a sturdy-ish one. Okay, number 14. Will I be able to correct this during editing? You're going to think this plenty of times. That part of the image looks a little bit too dark, but I should be able to fix it in, in editing. If you find yourself in this situation, I want you to do this. Take another photo, but change the settings so that part of the image you are worried about is corrected. So you're going to end up with two images. One with it, that part that's too dark, and one, that part is just right, but the rest of the photo is not right. Don't worry about the rest of the image. When you're editing, you're going to merge the best parts of both images to make the perfect image. So yes, you will be able to correct it in editing, but you're just going to do two or three even images that you're going to add together. Okay, so those are the things you should ask yourself before taking a photo. Now, if you go through these one at a time and do it slowly, it's going to take about two hours to do a photo. Just look at them, digest them, and when you screw up, think about the list and think about that thing that you should have done, and you'll be fine. So the photographer this week is Sean Tucker. 
He's a London, UK-based photographer. I think he grew up in South Africa. I'm not 100% sure about that fact. It was definitely one of the many countries in Africa, though. He shoots street photography and portraits. And I think I've seen him do some landscapes, too. Plus, the quality of the videos that he puts out are just excellent. They really are well done. His YouTube channel is full of how-to videos. I also want you to check out his website, seantucker.photography. So it's not a .com or anything else. It's a .photography. His work is beautiful. Like the portraits that he's done are just stunning. I'm a really big fan of his, so check him out. He really is well worth your time. Check him out. He'll just shoot him with off-camera flash. There's a video on there as well that he did, and it was, it was it's really good. The way he uh, edits everything is just beautiful. All right. That's it for this episode. I'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.